Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Second Row Podcast. It's round 21 of the Guinness Pro 14. Don't forget you can get us on iTunes, SoundCloud and all other Android podcast apps. I am Port Kelly and as always I'm joined by Ushin Collins who has had the calculator out this week for the final ordinary round of the Pro 14. Yeah, for all that I needed it. The tables look pretty locked down, but uh, we'll get into that later. I have done the maths that you don't have to do. Um, but first, as always, a little bit of news. So uh, my favourite bit of news this week is that... Um, do you remember Todd Cleaver? He's the USA captain. He is, yeah, and he's the most all-time cap player for the US, and he is now a WWE wrestler. Well, he won't be a wrestler straight away. They'll put him through their developmental system, but they're going for a lot more uh, ex-American footballers, ex-rugby uh, players to kind of fill the big physical roles in there. Yeah, I get, I get that. However, hilarious. Um, and, I mean, in direct contrast, I suppose, equally hilarious, but just ridiculous is... Uh, Apparently we're we're back down to culling an Irish province, but this time Connors get a free pass. Yeah, I know. Like I really do fancy saying, "Oh dear Ulster, this is what it's like being a Connors fan." <laughs> yeah, oh, it's just ridiculous. Like there's so many people talking about the province who don't have a notion of what's going on up there. So it's just the less said, the better. Yeah, and meanwhile, with all of this going on, we have the latest TV show to the latest reality TV show to hit the telly, which is a. Uh, the great Irish standoff. Basically, what are we supposed to do with all of these tens that Leinster keep producing? Who can we parcel up and send off, whether it's to Ulster or to Munster or to Connacht? But apparently, if you're born in Dublin and you're not the best or second best fly half, then uh, pack your bags, son. At the end of the day, it's down to the player, you know, and what his goals are. Like, that's all we can kind of talk about. A couple of announcements from Leinster this week. Rickard Strauss retiring, um, Eason and Sabo retiring. And I mean, it's kind of prompted a lot of these, you know, best ever 15 imports or best import 15s. I think there's a very serious case to be made that, that Ethan Isaiah has made more impact than any other player brought in from abroad to Ireland, though. Definitely. And like, if it wasn't for that one cap he got, I say it would have been Irish capped. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, let alone that, I mean, if it wasn't for the one cap, think of the, the caps he would have got for the likes of, I think it's Fiji would be the other nation that he'd be qualified to play for. It's just kind of tragic for them. Yeah. But I'm uh, not the only big retirement this week, Park. Uh, the big retirement this week is John Muldoon at his final game on Saturday for Connacht. You might just have to talk about this for the next couple of minutes while I weep. <laughs> it's an end, literally an end of an era. Yeah, it feels like an era. I mean, he's been the rock on which Connacht rugby has been built for so long. Like, you know, I remember games in the sports ground watching uh, <laughs> a pretty mediocre Connacht team around him and him just dragging and kicking and screaming to raise the standards and great to think of all he's accomplished in the meantime you know i know like i've if there was ever a man who literally deserved a winner's medal i actually call him indefinable the fact that he stayed with us for so long and he had offers to go other places is just a testament to the type of man he is absolutely it's just a shame i guess that it's come down to this kind of nothing fixture at the end of the season um against the leinster side who you would expect will have their focus on knockout competition rather than this game as well. Like, they can send down the um, Leinster A's and give us a win so we have a party. Like, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time that a Leinster second string came and beat you in the sports ground, though, would it? No, no. Let's, 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 let, let's talk of that, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, Connacht saying goodbye to a lot of players. You know, obviously, John Muldoon retiring, Andrew Brown, Jake Heenan, JP Cooney, and a few other names are all moving on as well. 
I presume the expectation, like you've been saying on the last couple of podcasts, is let's see a raise in the game, let's see a better performance. Yeah, this is like from a fan's perspective anyway, this will have to be um an improved performance. Like a line the sand needs to be drawn and end this season on a high. Like if you can't win for John Muldoon, you can't win for anyone. And like it's a, and it, oddly it gives us a chance to beat all the provi- all our provincial rivals in one season. We've never done it before. That's mad because I mean Connacht have had a couple of years where you'd argue they've been stronger than they have this season and they've taken serious scalps. But I hadn't realised you were in with a shot of getting everybody um everybody this season. They're all at home. Like we beat Ulster at home, Munster at home. Um, like even the year we won the Pro Twelve, Ulster beat us twice. I think I mean so that's kind of that's clearly what Connacht are after from Leinster's perspective. You just you want to be sure that they they don't lose momentum um, at this stage. You know they've got the run into the Pro Fourteen Finals. They've got the Champions Cup final against Racing ninety two. I'd say if Leo Cullen could, he'd send them out in bubble wrap. Well, in bubble wrap as well, but you don't want to you don't want to have the chopping and changing that you know screwed them up against um, Benetton a couple of weeks ago. True, but I say like with the semi final victory, their game will be upped a lot across the squad because that will just bring a boost naturally so another big Irish derby coming up then later in the day on Saturday uh, down in Thomas Park yeah Munster v Ulster and um, given that Munster are guaranteed that home quarter final you'd kind of be forgiven for thinking this game doesn't matter for the fellas in red yeah I, 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 you get that but I mean I'm expecting to see a war of attrition here you know I think Munster don't like getting beaten and if you look at last year when they got knocked out by Saracens in the semi-finals of Europe, they came back and they beat Treviso and then they absolutely hammered Connacht and then Ospreys in the semi-final. Like they're sore, they're, they've been embarrassed and they have a point to prove. They want a good performance to kind of set a platform for next week as well. I think the eyes are very much on next week. I mean, Johan van Haan has stated that this is the last chance people have or this is a chance that people have to put their hands up for places in that quarter-final. So I'd expect to see some rotation. Um, Duncan Williams has made it back from, from injuries, recovered well. Dan Goggin is back after getting injured in the Cheetahs game. So I wouldn't be surprised to see both of them along with kind of, some more fringe players, the likes of Calvin Nash, Conor Oliver, um, Herbert Robler, um, JJ Hanrahan are all, are all in with the shot of getting some game time. But like on the flip side to that, um, to Munster though, also have everything to play for. They can still mathematically catch Edinburgh and possibly even Scarlet's. Which they won't, though. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much chance of them getting a five-pointer against this Munster team, is there, really? No, I mean, Munster have the second-best defence in the league. Like, they've conceded less than two tries on average per game. Mathematically possible, sure, but, you know... And and my, my predictive abilities aside, I wouldn't be going down putting any money on Ulster to make the, uh, to make the quarterfinals. I know. Uh, the thing is, they have to go all out, which just leaves teams vulnerable. This will be full strength Ulster, Best, Henderson, Stockdale, Ludwig, Pietau. You know, so they'll they're gonna come out fighting and um, Munster will really need to put it up to them. Yeah. Uh, it's one of these it's an old uh, it's an old adage, but it's gonna be true in this case. Like the forwards will decide who wins this, not the backs. And in that case I think you're kinda of looking at the, the, the battle hardened point to prove Munster team and, and I can't see them getting knocked over at home. Definitely. Like the Thoman. If this was in Ravenhill, it'd be a different story. Yeah, very true. So I shall be I shall be down in Thoman for it and uh, I'm expecting to be happy. <laughs> oh great. I'll be in uh, the sports ground expecting to be crying. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll move on to the um the rest of the weekend's fixtures. Well, Saturday's fixtures are all being played on Saturday. Yeah, it's Sunday at rugby. First up game is Kings at home to the Cheetahs. 
hard to call this anything but a win for the Cheetahs. Like the Kings have been roundly humped in both legs of this fixture with 20 point, um, 20 point win margins in both cases. But like, yeah, I, I can't see much past the Cheetahs win, but um, Cardiff are kind of hoping Kings in my favour. Yeah, so if Cardiff managed to get a five-pointer and the Cheetahs take no match points, then Cardiff will actually get into third place, which on the merit of having had more wins in the season. But I, I, I just I think it's highly unlikely that we'll see anything other than the Cheetahs winning. Definitely. And we go to Wales and Judgment Day. <laughs> yeah, the most overmarketed day of rugby of all time. <laughs> In all fairness, have you seen like the there's been images going around Twitter and the amount of tickets they've sold is actually pretty special. Well, we laugh and we joke, but I mean, Judgment Day, to be fair, is a brilliant initiative from the Welsh Rugby Union. Like all tickets in the Millennium Stadium are capped at a tenner. So they get brilliant numbers through the door and it's a kind of a rugby sevens type atmosphere. So speaking of the Dragon Scarlet's match anyway, this is a Scarlet's win hands down, isn't it? Like once they'll have their sights focused on the quarter final and retain their title and should sweep dragons aside with um ease yeah i mean for for the nerds among you it is mathematically possible for scarlets to catch leinster the problem is that they need a five uh five to nil swing on match points so they need a four point try bonus win and leinster to take nothing out of the sports brand and then there's the small matter of a 126 point uh, points difference margin well if any team's going to concede that many points it's got to be the dragons like it's not as if they have the um, safety of um, the dragons home ground to protect them either yeah that's true that could be really interesting like that would be some end to the season if they did manage to catch Leinster. so kind of judgment day game two is cardiff uh who actually have a home game against the ospreys which could be pretty competitive i mean cardiff do have the challenge cup final coming up in the next couple of weeks and given that they have their qualification uh, in the bag for Europe next season, they, this this isn't all that important a game for them. Ospreys, I would expect also to have their focus firmly elsewhere. Uh, a tricky trip to Belfast on the cards. Yeah, like, there's no, like, it'll be a competitive game, but there's nothing for either team in it, if that makes sense. More important things on the agenda, basically. They're looking the next couple of weeks ahead and their future. This season's done for them in a in, to, some, to some degree. Speaking of teams that have their seasons done for them, it's Benetton. Yeah, uh, taken out of their hands. I, I, I wouldn't want to be coaching Benetton rugby this week. Like I'd say they're on the summer holidays already. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't really want to be coaching Benetton rugby any week, but I mean, this week in particular, you've got a pretty demotivated bunch of lads. In all fairness, if you're coaching them any week, that means you're a professional coach. So there is a flip side to that. Fair. Oddly enough, depending on what happens in the sports ground, Zebra could um catch Connacht. Yeah, which they'd know ahead of kickoff as well. And it'd be a nice way for them to round off what is already going to be their best season um, in the league. They've six wins so far this year. So, like, I can really see them going full hog at this match. Hopefully for the both teams, they can, the fans, they go out and have a good match because if it's just an end-of-season muck, that'd be just disappointing for them. Absolutely. And then we round off a Super Saturday. Does it quite set on the same as Six Nations Saturday, does it? I think they've called it Silver Saturday, which is oh, that's just awful, dreadful. Like Pro Fourteen marketing own goal. So, Edinburgh v Glasgow is the final match on Saturday. You know, you gotta think with Glasgow's form. I'd go with Edinburgh win here, especially if they kind of play that containing game, which they're very able to do. Well, Edinburgh are one of the teams who can make a realistic. Well, Edinburgh are one of the teams with a realistic chance of changing their position in the final standings. Like, there's a lot of 
this is mathematically possible or this weird freak result could. Um, but Edinburgh are only one point behind the Scarlets and they're ahead of them on wins. So literally all they need is to take one more match point from this fixture than Scarlets do against the Dragons. Now, obviously, if the Scarlets get a five-pointer, it's all over. But otherwise, it's um, it's game on from Edinburgh's point of view coming into this. And the way they've named their team, they kind of have that that in mind. You know, only one change from the team that beat Scarlets two weeks ago with um, Mata coming back in for Dupree at eight. Yeah, they're taking this seriously. Like, you kind of look across the day and every game has something to it. To be fair, Park, for all the slagging we give the Pro 14, finishing off the irregular season with another round of Derby games is pretty good. Oh, definitely. I think it's the one thing they have got right over the last couple of years. And uh, last bit for this week is our one to watch. So, Park, I, I could hazard a guess here. Uh, anyone in particular you want us to keep our eye on this weekend? I know this might come from left field, but John Muldoon. Um, <gasps> let's be perfect. <laughs> uh, but seriously, all eyes should be on him for this weekend. Um, he deserves his moment in the spotlight. And hopefully he has a good game and can't have a good game to send them off properly. And you, Oisin, have you picked anyone? My one to watch is just the TV. Uh, I think this is going to be a brilliant weekend at rugby. There's, there's some great games on. Um, there's an opportunity, like derby games are an opportunity for players to stand up and, and really be counted. So I'm just going to be glued to this. And like I said, I'm on the road down to Thoman for it. So my Skybox is going to be working overtime for the weekend. Yeah, and we'll be working overtime as well. We'll be releasing our next episode on Sunday evening recapping this weekend's fixtures don't forget to get in touch uh let us know what you thought of the games what you thought of the season for your teams send us a message on facebook.com for the second row or on twitter where we're at the second row that is 2nd not the word second so until next time take care Bye-bye.